Good morning, Believers Church. We are so glad to be worshiping with you again um, in your homes. We're just excited about what's taking place um, in the church. I've been doing a lot of praying, as I'm sure most of you have been um, during the last couple of weeks, and a lot of stuff is going on, but I've been so blessed by being in Mark 14, which is where we are at in our Bible reading project. Um, I love the fact that this week it opens up with a story of a woman who gave her all to Jesus. The chapter is about to progress to a point where um, total chaos is going to ensue as far as their minds were, as far as the minds of the disciples, the people who had been following Jesus. Nothing was going to look the same anymore. And yet the chapter begins with a woman who just laid it at his feet. She gave him her everything, her trust, her finances, her peace, and I feel like it lays a, a pretty good precedence for what needs to be happening in our lives right now as Christians. Um, sometimes I try to wrap my mind around, or I feel my mind try to uh, just scurry to the reasons or the um, just the science of trying to figure out what's going on. Is this something that's God's will? Is this a, a government thing? Is it political? And at the end of the day, none of that really matters. At the end of the day, um, our kingdoms are being shaken. And Hebrews 12 tells us that in the last days, any and everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And I know that that makes us all a bit uncomfortable when the things in our life just, just get turned upside down and shaken. I've talked to a lot of you this week. Um, we've had some good phone conversations, some good times in prayer. Um, one of the scriptures that just comforts me when my kingdom starts shaking is I, I go back to Psalm 71. Um, verse 5 says that since I was a youth, I put my trust in the Lord. And... Um, Isaiah 26.3 says that we have to keep our mind on him in those moments so that we stay in peace. And so I find myself wrestling sometimes with keeping my mind stayed on him, even though I have a trust in him that I've had since, since I was young. So in this moment that our lives have been shaken, in this moment of uncertainty, this moment um, that may have many of us wondering what's next, how are we going to make it through the month, um, how are we going to make it through homeschooling, through uh, financial um, crises that we're facing, through relationships where we're together 24-7, um, just all of the things that are happening right now. Also, relationships of people that we can't see um, for an entire extended period of time. I want to um, just take a moment and encourage you, and let's pray. Let's, let's take a moment to focus our mind, to do what Isaiah 26 says, which is that we're going to keep our minds on Him. To me, that brings me the, the most steadiness. Um, and I believe that it's a time that we all need peace in this moment. So let's pray. Then we're going to get started with this week's service. I believe you're going to be blessed. Um, we've got a lot of good things that are going to come your way today. So let's, let's just join hands wherever you're at, um, there in the living room, wherever you're watching this morning. And let's believe God that even though our kingdoms are being shaken, um, that we will stand, that the assurity that we have is that He is our hope. We put our trust in Him, and we are going to do what it takes to cause our minds to line up with that truth, to keep our minds on Him. So, Father, we come to You right now in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we're grateful for an opportunity, 
for, for maybe you to reveal to us areas in our life that are maybe out of sync, areas and people and places and events and things and circumstances, systems of this world that we may have put our trust in. Father God, we, we repent if that's us. We repent this morning if we've been a people who had our trust um, in our job or in our employer. Father, we repent if we are a people who have had our trust um, on a school system, on an education system, on a sports system or an entertainment industry. God, we repent right now when we remind ourselves, we stir ourselves with the truth that you are a God who is worthy to, to be um, trustworthy. You are a God who is able to have all hope and trust set in your hands. And so this morning we take our minds and we say that we are going to focus our minds totally on you. God, we're going to get our minds off of the circumstances of the week, our minds off of the circumstances of the day, our minds off of the what ifs, what could be, what's going to happen what tomorrow is going to look like. And God, we focus ourselves on you, knowing that you are our help, Father. You are our God. You are our peace. You are our comfort. You are our joy. And Father, we stir ourselves and we just buckle ourselves into that truth this morning with our eyes and our hearts and our minds focused on you, Father. We invite you into our rooms. We invite your presence into the areas that we're at today, Father. I thank you that you speak today and that you bring surety to us as we continue to walk and navigate life on this planet. Father, I thank you that we will continue to be a church that shines, we will shine brightly, that no weapon formed against us will prosper, Father, and we will be your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's good. Hey, uh, welcome again. Uh, it's a little different looking today on purpose for an intentional reason of something God put on my heart this week. You know, it's the first time we've ever done this in 30 years of pastoring. And I was on a prayer walk and a desperate, really, a mile one is usually desperation, like, God, please talk to me today. And in that walk, I felt God drop in my heart about today and the purpose of today, and I want to share that with you. Uh, I mean, as clear as I'm talking to you, I heard in my heart rise this. I don't want you to preach to people. I want you to be a father. I want you to just share your heart uh, as a dad, as a husband, and a shepherd of the house, and to share my heart of where I think we are, uh, you know, in Christianity in general, but us as a body, those that call this place home, and this is where you land, and, you know, you worship with us, you give, you serve, and so our heart today is to do that, um, like a spiritual mom and dad, or, uh, you know, just a voice of wisdom in the moment, because it's easy, I guess, as a preacher, uh, sometimes anyway, it's easy to get a sermon and then just preach it and miss the genuineness and the authenticity of really what's going on inside internally. And I try to be very transparent with that. So when the Lord spoke to me, I don't want you to preach. I just want you to share your heart as a father. I got with the guys, Matt and Ryan and Michael, and I said, uh, you know, this whole month of April... I just want to do something different. I want to give God space to talk and space to work. And I began to pray over that, like, okay, God, what is the wisdom you want to bring to our church family, to this body? And here are two very clear things that I want you to take away from today, and not just about today, but for the whole month, because I believe this whole month is going to be a launching pad right here today, this morning, is going to be a launching pad for our church body, but also for you as a family, because what God has put on my heart 
is a revelation that I believe can thrust you forward and your children, your life, uh, you know, the frustrations and anxieties we deal with. First off was this. I really believe in my heart that for the month of April, we're to focus on worship being our warfare. Uh, many of you may know my story that my wife, Monica, was killed May 19th, 1989. And when I went into the hospital room, they had her in a little small room. And I went into the room to identify the body with the coroner. And they pulled the sheet back and the coroner said, is this your wife? And of course, I identified her body. And I asked if I could have some time alone. And he left the, you know, the room, his little small room. He left the room. And in that moment, I just began to pray. You know, I had no game plan. I didn't wake up that day thinking this is part of my playbook and my preparation. But in that moment, something shifted in my life that I've carried the rest of my life. And it was this, that worship is a warfare. Because in that moment, with no plan, no, here's what you do if, I just begin to sing the old worship hymn, I worship you, almighty God, there's none like you. And that was a real healing moment for me because out of my life in a desperate moment came worship. Uh, you know, backtrack many years prior before 1989, I would just spend hours with a guitar and I would just sing. I don't know if I was on key or not. I just loved God and sang and worshiped. And then in a crisis moment, that's what came out. The worship I had been putting in was exactly what came out in the middle of a crisis. And I felt the Lord wanted me and, and Robin as leaders of this house to develop a culture of worship, not just a Sunday morning set list where we sing some songs and you know, ask you to engage, but a, an environment in our whole church for worship that it will cause a, a reaction in you that is a response to the power and the presence of God. And that's what we're going to do all week long or all month long. We're just going to make an environment of worship for you. I'm going to ask you to engage in it. I'm going to ask you, I don't care if you sit, stand, kneel, whatever you want to do, but I am asking that in this environment of worship, you allow it to be your warfare. You allow God to equip you and you allow Him to bring you hope in that. So in just a moment, Michael and Olivia are going to come and we're just going to create again an environment of worship for a purpose. It's our warfare. And I believe as you sing, as you lift your hands, as you listen even, that God is just going to comfort you. He's going to give you peace and He's going to give you joy. I'd like you to do something, if you don't mind. Two things are going to be very important. First, a Bible. I want you to get your Bible out, your app out. I'm going to read a scripture that the Lord put on my heart uh, just to engage us with the Word before we begin this moment of worship. And then I want you to get your communion elements ready because at the end of this, Robin and I are going to take communion with you and put our faith with you again. So let's just jump into the Bible. Mark chapter 14, as Robin said, and I'm just going to read 10 verses. It's verse 42 through verse 52. And uh, I, I believe in my heart that it is a supernatural word for us as a church. So just listen as I read, and let's believe that the Lord will open our hearts to this, and it'll, it'll find good ground, and let's do it. Here we go. New Living Translation. And immediately... Even as Jesus said this, Judas, one of the twelve disciples, arrived with a crowd of men armed with swords and clubs. They had been sent by the leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and the elders. 
the traitor, Judas, had given them a prearranged signal. You will know which one to arrest when I greet him with a kiss. Then you can take him away under guard. As soon as they arrived, Judas walked up to Jesus. Rabbi, he exclaimed, and gave him the kiss. Then the others grabbed Jesus and arrested him. But one of the men with Jesus pulled out his sword and struck the high priest's slaves, slashing off his ear. Jesus asked them, Am I some dangerous revolutionary that you come to me with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there among you teaching every day, but these things are happening to fulfill what the Scriptures say about me. Then all of his disciples deserted him and ran away. One young man following behind was clothed only in a long linen shirt. When the mob tried to grab him, he slipped out of his shirt and he ran away naked. As I was, you know, in the Bible reading project this week, reading that over and over and over, this passage of Scripture jumped out for an important reason. I want you to look at verse 43 that says, and immediately, and in the last verse, verse 52, it says he ran away naked. You know, if we just breeze over it, it doesn't really make much sense. It's kind of a tragic chapter. Jesus is being arrested. He's, he's going to be beaten. And I mean, it, it's just a, a real heart-wrenching chapter. But what it's going to teach us is how do you respond when things shift immediately? Can you imagine Peter and the disciples for three years? They've followed Jesus. They've listened to his sermons. They've seen the miracles, the loaves, the fish, the dead kids raised, the walking on the water, the calming of the storm. Everything in your life is geared for this moment. Jesus Christ is going to take over the world. Jesus Christ is going to be the Messiah. He's going to be the king. I hung my hat on it. I put my business aside. I'm running hard after him. I went home and told my wife and kids, I found a carpenter who says he's the Messiah. We're leaving everything we can to follow this guy. And then that one word in verse 43, and immediately. And in that moment of time, when it says immediately, everything in their life shifted instantaneously because what they thought did not happen, what they wished did not happen, and what they dreamed did not happen. Their world came crashing down in the snap of a finger. It got so bad that once the word immediately dropped and Judas did what he did, the end of that little passage says this, he ran away naked. Uh, you know, if you really look at the emotions of the moment, everything you've believed in is stripped away from you. Everything you wanted is taken from you. Every dream you had, you have to go home and tell your family, it didn't work like I thought it was going to work. I've been following this guy for three years. I can't believe that it ended this way. I can't believe it came crashing down on me. I, I, I don't even know what to do. And so what did they do? The Bible says they just all deserted him. His 12 key followers just tucked tail and ran. I'm out of here. I don't know how to handle this. And as I was reading that this week and on a prayer walk and praying about what to say, you know, to try to be the best shepherd I can over this house and share my heart with you, I thought, how do you handle life when things just shift immediately? You're not even prepared for it. And that's what's happened with this coronavirus thing. Who woke up at, in January and thought, hey, let's, Let's just totally cancel church for two and a half to three months and not even have a gathering. 
uh, our business is shut down, we, we lose our retirement, we may get fired, you know, all the anxiety and, and almost immediately, I remember when it all happened, it was just like a snap of a finger and all of a sudden the world that we know to be, you know, our normal is now flipped upside down. And what crisis will do, crisis will strip you naked. Crisis will take you all the way to the core of the person you really are. I think that's the, the motive behind what God is trying to show us. Hey, you can follow me and you can sing the songs and you can pray the prayers and you can do all the religious things, which is what the disciples were doing. But when a crisis hits immediately and you're not ready for it, it will strip you naked. It will take everything you've ever relied on, everything you've ever wanted, everything you've ever dreamed for. It'll strip you bare naked to where you're left with nothing but a question. What am I going to do now? How am I going to respond now? And, and you, you know, if you read the story and fast forward, we find them all just going back to their habits, their old habits you know, the reality of this is when all this is over, when the crisis is over, the likelihood of us just going back to our normal habits is pretty high. The percentage that we all just go back to the life we had, kind of longing for that moment, is a pretty high percentage. That that's just what we do as humans. We gravitate to the most comfortable place. We gravitate toward our habits. We gravitate toward the things that bring us peace and security. And that's what the disciples did. Peace out. I'm gone. I can't do this. My life's flipped upside down. And I, I feel like that in my own life, I watched that happen because when this all just starts imploding, and you know, the economy, uh, church, gathering as we know it, it really brings you to a place of just being very vulnerable with God. Like, what do I really believe? Like, what is church really about? And so that, that was kind of what was in my heart all week long. And I'm kind of fishing like, Holy Spirit, please talk to me. Please tell me. And I want to tell you uh, just, in a, in just in a brief sentence what I think the remedy is for the immediately that strips you naked. And it's this. It is the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the disciples had already been told by Jesus, I'm never going to leave you alone. I'm never going to leave you as an orphan. And yet when the immediately hit, they felt abandoned and orphaned and afraid and anxious and fearful. And so they just do what comes normal. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. They forgot all the promises. They forgot the promise of John 14, John 16. I will never leave you. The Holy Spirit will be with you. He will be a comforter. He will be a peace giver. He will guide you into all truth. And as I was reading that, it suddenly became clear because when a, when a crisis hits and strips you bare uh, of the things that we've relied on and the things we want, it's to do one thing, a kingdom purpose, and it's to reveal where does the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit reside in your life. Because when you strip yourself naked of everything, every habit, every hobby, and you get down to the nitty-gritty, you're left with a thought, is the power of the Holy Spirit really who Jesus said He is and is His peace part of my life? And that's what I want you to think about in this moment is we will never make it without the power of the Holy Spirit. We will never make it without the Holy Spirit uh, gifting us and empowering us in this time. You know, I think about all the gatherings and the struggles that we have and the what-ifs that we all can face. But at the end of the day, the end of the day is thank God for the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what these disciples bumped into. 
Jesus made a promise, but when the crisis hit, they forgot the promise. When the crisis hit, they forgot there's coming a Holy Spirit. I'm going back fishing. I'm out of here. But they stayed in the game, and because they stayed in the game, Acts 1, Acts 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Galatians chapter 5, Romans chapter 8, all of these passages in the New Testament that lend the life of the believer that our only hope is the moving of the Holy Spirit. Jesus will end it this way, Revelation chapter 2 and 3. There's seven churches that are facing a crisis. Jesus shows up and he says, hey, there's some things wrong in your, in your body and I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to praise you for the things good and I'm going to kind of rebuke you for the things that are negative here. But at the end of all the seven churches, he lends one phrase. If you want to overcome, you need to listen to what the Spirit is saying. And as I prayed over that, and it just leapt in my heart, that's what I want to accomplish today. That is the goal of this moment together as a family. It's why Robin and I are here to just talk to you like shepherds over a house, maybe as a mom and a dad to give you our advice. But one thing we both know in our life from raising children to bills that are due to crisis moments when doctors' reports have been negative, when things have kind of went awry, and that word immediately jumped in, and we weren't expecting that phone call. We weren't expecting that crisis moment. And you kind of just, you know, there have been times we've just stripped ourselves bare, and, you know, you just cry. Like, what do you do? You just cry. I don't know anything else to do. But in those moments, that's where the power of the Holy Spirit becomes real to us. And I would be remiss if I came to you as a shepherd and I tried to think that a sermon could fix all this or a real cute message could fix this or a mic drop moment that's tweetable could fix it. It's unfixable because the problem at hand is a problem that only the power of the Holy Spirit can fix. The power of the Holy Spirit to speak to us, to talk to us. So I just want to say that's what Robin and I are trying to do in our lives is that daily we're praying for you and we're just asking Jesus to speak. We're asking Jesus, would you, by the Holy Spirit, just talk to us so that we can lead strong, not leading emotionally, but listening to what the Holy Spirit wants to say. So I got all the guys, the team together, and I said, look, do you think it's possible if we could try to pull off something? So this is the first time we've ever done this. But I thought, I just feel so passionate about it that I want to make an environment for the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And Robin and I are just going to be praying, praying in the Holy Spirit. Michael and Olivia are going to be leading us in worship. And we're going to believe in this worship time that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you. I don't know what your needs are, but I'm going to believe. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12 says that the gifts, words of knowledge, uh, words of wisdom can flow. And God can give us revelation knowledge from His Holy Spirit. And Robin and I just want to take a moment of time during this worship and just, I, I use this phrase, just let it breathe. And just let the Holy Spirit bring some revelation. And as we're praying in this time, you know, I mean, it's Thursday night, which is really strange, and you're watching it on Sunday morning. But my answer to that is, who cares? The Holy Spirit is eternal. So even though we're recording it now, do you know God already knows who's watching? God already knows what you need. The Holy Spirit is eternal. He's already in Sunday. He already has you prepared to hear. So listen, I don't know what you've been asking God for. I don't know what prayers you've been praying, what dreams you've been having, but I'm believing today that God 
His Holy Spirit is going to show up, invade your life, bring you some peace, and that's what I'm praying that's going to happen. That's where our faith is. So I'm just going to have a prayer. And as I pray, I'm just going to kind of segue over to Michael and Olivia. They're going to lead us in worship. And as they do, Robin and I are going to be praying. If we feel like God gives us something for you, we're going to just speak it right there to you. And what God puts in our heart for you, maybe even as individuals, uh, maybe as a group, but we want to share it. I've even asked Michael and Olivia, if God gives you a song to sing that just is a song for our body, just flow and and let's let it go. So it's kind of strange a little bit, like there's not really an organic schedule of what to happen other than I just want to make room for this thing to breathe and the Holy Spirit to touch you. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask God to open your heart. I'm going to ask the Lord to open your spirit and just get the heart ready to receive the word and the worship of God that'll come. Amen. So Father, Robin and I, Michael and Olivia, we just thank you so much, Lord Jesus for this moment of time right now. And I say, come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, and have your way. Come, Holy Spirit, and work in this place right now. Now, right where you are, Michael, would you just play right where you are right now? I just want you to let an environment of worship just begin to uh, invade where you are and just begin to touch your heart. Just... You know, this may sound silly to you, but it's, it's something I practice. The Holy Spirit is called the breath of God. Jesus will say this, the wind blows where he pleases. Nobody knows where he comes from, but he blows anyway. Right where you are, you know, in him we live and in him we move and have our being. This may sound silly, but would you just take a deep breath in and just believe that in that breath, The presence of the Holy Spirit is coming. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We make room for you, Jesus. Yeah, I I don't know who this is for, but before we even get into our first song, um, I just want want to um, just rebuke the enemy off anybody's life who may be really doubtful entering into worship. I felt like when Mark was speaking that some of you were um, maybe of the mindset that that you're just not there, that you just don't have the gift of the Holy Spirit in you to bring you through this crisis moment. I I felt like that there were some of you who were thinking, yeah, that's great for the disciples, that's great for you all, that's great for those of you who have connected with the Holy Spirit, but um, it's a lie for you to believe that you cannot make it through this. It's a lie for you to believe that you have no connection with the Holy Spirit. It's a lie for you to believe that, that anxiety has to be your lot because you just can't tap into God. So I just want you to go ahead and take take that kind of a mindset and just set it aside and just say no during this this set of worship during this moment here I'm not going to buy into those lies of the enemy I'm not going to buy into doubt or confusion or fear that would keep me from believing that God is my God and that he is my resource and that the Holy Spirit lives and resides and has his being in my life so just take that as as you begin to worship and know that, that he is with you right there where you're at Blessed be Jesus.
the presence of my enemies I raise a Sing a little louder. I'll sing. 
Here's what I want to share with you that God put on my heart during that song. It said, you know, I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. And all Olivia and Michael were singing, I was just praying in the spirit, like, Lord, what do you want to say? And, you know, here's the practical way to do this. If it speaks to you, just put your hand on your heart and go, God, that's me. And if it doesn't speak to you, just believe that those that may need prayer in this moment, you'll join with Robin and I. You'll put, put your faith with our faith. But I felt like you're not singing in the middle of the storm. You're cursing yourself with your words. You're speaking death over yourself. You're letting words of negativity come out. I don't know how we're going to make it. What if? What if we can't pay our bills? And it's rather than being in a place of praising God, you've just been speaking death. So if that's something you've been doing, you've just been speaking negativity, you've been critical of the whole thing, negative over your life, negative over your future, negative over what God can do, I want to pray for you. I just want to give you a moment to allow the Holy Spirit to capture you. So if that's you, just put your hand over your heart. Now, Father, in Jesus' name, we agree right now that you forgive us of speaking words of death. God, we ask you to forgive us of letting our voice just speak negativity rather than praise you. That we have looked at the circumstance and, and we've spoke not life, we've spoke death. And yet at the same time, Lord, you say that if we say to that mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and will not doubt in our heart, but will believe that what we say will come to pass, you will work in supernatural ways. So, Father, forgive us. Just pray that. If that's you, put your hand on your heart and just say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of being negative with my, my words, of speaking death over this situation. I proclaim life today. 
Anxiety has no right over me. Fear has no right over me. I proclaim the promises of God in my life right now. I'm going to ask Olivia just to sing that one more time. I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. And I want you to just let that be your act of faith. I want you to let that be your fate for this moment. That everything negative you may have spoken to this moment is about to fall by the wayside. God's going to give you great faith. Amen. So I'm going to see in the middle of the storm. The king is alive, I'm gonna sing, I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm. Louder and louder, you're gonna hear my praises roar. Up from the ashes, hope will arise. Cause death is defeated, and the king is alive. I just want to pray for loneliness. Um, you know, we, we open our services, you know, with the idea that people are gathered in a living room together. I know in my home, um, there's, there's seven of us living there. And so it's, um, we're just not lonely. We're, we're all together. But during worship, I just, I just got pictures of those of you who are alone. Maybe you're alone um, in a hospital room. Maybe you're alone just in your house. Maybe you feel lonely. With the quarantine, you're not getting phone calls, you're not getting drop-bys, maybe your job is now non-essential. And I just got a picture of, of people maybe just in their homes lonely. So if that's you, let's pray for you. You know, the Bible says that Jesus is always with us. So he reminded me um, just to tell you that even when you were in your mother's womb, before you even got there, you were with him. Um, you were on his mind, he created you, he put you here with an identity and a purpose. And the Bible says that he'll never leave us and that he'll never forsake us. So the Bible says that he is a friend that sits closer to a brother. So as we, as we maybe fight through the battle of loneliness, um, let's just join um, our hearts with him and let's invite him, his presence just to be tangible with us. Father, I pray for the people who are at home and, and maybe they're alone at home, maybe they're alone in their cars, maybe they're alone in a hospital room or whatever setting that they're in, Father. Maybe this quarantine has isolated them. I thank you, Father, that you are not a God who is bound by quarantine laws or a God who is bound by social distancing, but you are a God who has pierced through the universe to have a relationship with us. God, you are a God who loved us so much 
that you made a way to have relationship with us. So I thank you that as people sit in their homes alone, Father, that they hear you, that they see you, that they sense your presence. Father, I thank you when people lay their heads on their pillows at night, that they see visions of you, that they have visions of you in their sleep. I thank you that when they awake, Lord, and they look at the sunshine, that they see you and they sense your presence. I thank you, Father, when people may be longing for a phone call or longing for a visit or longing for some sort of connection, Father, that they they are able to make a physical, tangible emotional and spiritual connection with you that fills the soul and gives them so much more peace than even the touch of a physical human. Father, I thank you that you are good and that you are God and that you have never left us, that you never will leave us and you never will forsake us. Peace, peace, peace in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And I thank you for it, Father. Amen. It never runs out on me Your love 
I want to pray for all the pregnant moms. I want to pray for all the couples that are expecting. You know, a week ago, I shared with you the word God gave me from panic to peace. Yeah, I can joke about it now. Robin and I kind of joke about it. Uh, I, I was a professional panic guy. I just lived with constant fear and constant anxiety of what if. And while Olivia was singing, I just had a passion, a compassion rise up in me for all the moms in this house that are pregnant and all the dads that are in the mix of expecting a new family here. Because I know what it's like to panic, to wonder, will we even have a job? Will, will we be able to afford this? Can we do it? What about the safety of my baby? What about the health of my baby? What, what if my due date, and, and we still are in the middle of all of this virus and stuff, 
And I just felt the Lord wants me to proclaim peace to you. Holy Spirit peace in our home. Uh, Robin and I believe in the power of the blessing. So believers, here's what we're going to do. We're going to gather our faith with everybody that calls this place home who is an expecting couple. And we're just going to believe that God is going to invade the home right now. So mom, dad, mom, if you're there, place your hand on your belly. Dad, if you're close, just put your hand on mom's hand on that baby. We're going to proclaim a blessing. You're not going to become the problem. You're not going to become the disease or the fear or the anxiety or the what if or the I can't afford it or will we ever be able to do this? No, we as a body of believers, not just Robin and I, not just Michael and Olivia, our whole body right now in this moment is putting our faith with all you expectant couples. We are putting our faith with your faith. So let's do it now. Come on, wherever you are, let's agree for this blessing. I bless you, Mom. I bless your womb with life. I bless your womb with health. I bless you that your baby is going to be born perfect, entire, and lacking nothing. And just like John the Baptist picked up on the power of Jesus in his mother's womb, your child is going to pick up on the power of the Holy Spirit even in the womb. From this moment till the birth, every part of this moment of your life is going to be supernatural. I take authority in the name of Jesus over every negative thought, over every anxious thought, over the lie that you're not going to afford it, over the lie that you're not going to make it to your due date. I don't know who that's for, but just the lie that comes, that torments you, what if? Every little hiccup in your belly, you get tormented. Every little slight movement, fear jumps in you. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. It has no right or no power over you. So mom, right now, those anxious thoughts when that little movement happens or that little twitch happens and you become very anxious, what if I bless you with peace right now? I bless you with no more anxiety because the Holy Spirit is bigger than any anxious thought you may have. And God, right now, our church, God puts our faith with every expecting couple, with every mom who has her hand on her belly right now. I bless your womb. I bless your future. I bless your child. I bless your health. I bless your finances. I bless your marriage. I bless your house. I bless your animals. I bless your hobby. I bless everything you put your hand to. You will lack not one thing. God will provide for you on every realm and you will have zero regret. And when the moment of birth comes, God is going to bring the birth. When the labor comes, God is going to bring the birth. And you are going to sit and walk in fulfillment of watching God do a great work in you. So come on, Mom, just give the Lord a praise where you are. Dad, give the Lord a praise where you are. Hey, come on, our whole body, just where you are, give a good praise for all those moms and dads that are expecting because that can be pretty, pretty intimidating in a time like this. But no, Robert and I proclaim peace to you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus.
We love you, Jesus.
Come awaken your people. Come awaken the city. Oh God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Every stronghold will crumble. I hear the chains hit the ground. Oh God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Come awaken your people. Come awaken your cities. Oh God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Every stronghold will crumble. I hear the chains hit the ground. Oh God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Come awaken your people, come awaken your city. Oh God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Every stronghold will crumble. I hear the chains hit the ground. Oh God of revival, pour it out. As we continue to worship with God of Revival, I just want to challenge all of you young adults who are facing major disappointment right now. Um, lots of milestones that aren't, aren't going to happen the way we thought that they were going to happen. And um, just as we were singing that, this is an opportunity. I know that, that maybe it's your first time facing a major disappointment because you're, you're young. So I don't, I don't say this tritely. I know disappointment hurts, but I also know that the Bible is filled with so many promises about what God does when we face disappointments. And, and the Bible says that everything that the enemy steals from us has to be returned. And instead of this being a moment in time that, that our young people from college age to high school age to even little kindergarten kids who, who aren't getting to do the, just the norm of, of what, what we thought was gonna happen, I believe that this can be a time for our young people to see the hand of God in a way that maybe they did not anticipate. So when, when disappointment comes, God always has a way of showing up, turning the situation around, and every fear that I've had in disappointment, every anxiety I've had in disappointment, 
everything I've laid my head on my pillow about at night and cried about um, things not looking the way that, that I wanted them to look. At the end of the day, a year later, a month later, two years later, five years later, 10 years later, I can look back on my life and I can see the hand of God that, that I would not have seen any other way. And so instead of this being a moment that marks the young people of America with um, just an opportunity for the enemy to creep in and to do something unnecessary, I believe that we can turn it to a time of revival for our young people, that our young people can see that God can light up the darkest moment of their life, something that they did not anticipate. So I want them to sing that again. And I want us to just think about the young people and young people, if this has affected you in that way, I want you to press in to believe God that beyond the emotion of the disappointment that you are going to see his hand come through in a mighty, mighty way, that he is going to pour blessings out upon you. He is going to pour a future out upon you. He is going to pour just a, a, a day and a moment in your future. He is going to pour out something for you that will be bigger than you've ever thought, bigger than you ever expected, bigger than a moment of walking across a stage. And I know that that's a painful thing to think about, but God is big and he is huge. And if he is who we believe that he is, then we have to believe that he is bigger than these moments. So your future is great. It is not going to be marked by this decade. It's not going to be marked by this year. It's going to be marked by the hand of God in your life. He is going to continue to take you from glory to glory to glory to glory. You're going to do great and amazing things with him. He is going to just impact your life and we're going to continue to be a people who impact the planet with the presence of Jesus. So go ahead and sing that again, guys. darkest night, you can light it up, you can light it up, oh God of revival, let hope arise, death is overcome, for you've already won, oh God of revival, the darkest night. You can light it up, you can light it up, oh God of revival, let hope arise, death is overcome, you've already won, oh God of revival, oh God of revival, God of revival. Oh, God of revival, who's starting with me? Oh, God of revival, already started with me. Oh, God of revival, already oh, start with me. Oh, oh God of revival, already start with me. God of revival. Start with me. Yeah, I, this is for a mom. Uh, it's pretty specific. So if it's you and you'd like to reach out to Robin or I this week, I'll put my faith with you. But we all deal with things in a different way. Like what's seemingly so trite to one person can be so devastating to another. And as Robin was encouraging all the young adults and the young parents out there that, you know, 
proms. I know even, even with Stella, she had a prom dress picked out, graduations. Uh, but as they were just worshiping, and I'm praying for you, and I'm asking God to speak to you. I saw a picture, and you know, if, it, if the shoe fits, wear this, right? I, I'll just be bold with it. But I saw like a book, and you have it really organized. You have every picture of your kid, first day in school and last day of school. First day in school, last day of school, very organized. And now here it is, the normal has been upset. Your book has been upset. You were so excited for this. I, I really kind of believe like an elementary school graduation. Like this is the last year my kid will go to elementary school. And they're going to go to middle school. And you were really excited for this moment. Like it's going to kind of encapsulate this elementary school book of all these years of your child growing up. And really, if you were just honest, it's really devastated you emotionally. Uh, not that it upset your book, but just it didn't turn out like you thought and the graduation and the, the preparation and the pictures you were going to take and you had it all planned, the little signs and, hey, look, I don't necessarily know, you know, the pain that you're going through, but I do know the Father that can fix the pain. And I know the Holy Spirit that can take even what, you know, to other people that may seem so trite that your book is not going to be completed like you thought. But to you, it really does matter. My heart's hurting for you because I feel it in my heart, like it really matters to you. You're almost embarrassed to say anything because it seems so trite that you've just kept it quiet, but it really, with you and God, it really, really bothers you. And I just want to tell you, that's okay. Your heavenly Father is going to give you peace. You will have no regrets. You may look back at this moment and go, I remember when, but you won't have one regret with it because the Holy Spirit is going to work. I don't know how he'll do it, but that book that feels so unfinished, I know that when all is said and done, your heavenly Father is going to shine in the darkest night. I want to pray for you. And then I want to say this, don't feel ashamed. Don't feel guilty. Just let the Holy Spirit bless you. So Father, Robin and I right now for this mom, Lord, I pray you just heal that hurt. And like Robin said, you heal that disappointment. God, there will be no guilt. And she will even learn in this moment that my Heavenly Father cares about even the smallest things. My Heavenly Father cares about what I care about. And so right now, Jesus, I just speak that your care would come over this mother. These moms, God, your Holy Spirit peace would just overshadow the disappointment. Your Holy Spirit peace would overshadow the, the discouragement and the, the hurt. And uh, the, the word that keeps coming to me is, my book won't be finished. It, it's just not going to be right. That's the word, not right. It's, I don't feel, it's just not right. I, and I just want you to know the Lord will make it right. The Lord will make it right. That's how powerful he is. So Jesus, make it right now. Now here's what I want to do. We're going to be taking communion in a minute. I'm just going to give you know, three minutes or so to just let it breathe. I'm going to ask Michael just to keep playing. Robin and I and Olivia and Michael, we're just going to make an atmosphere of the Holy Spirit. If they have anything, they'll share it with you. If we do, we will. But I want you to begin to prepare your hearts for communion now. And let's believe that in this moment, the Lord is going to engage our lives together.
So maybe where you are, you know, just close your eyes, focus in on the Lord, sing a new song to Him. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of Yahweh God. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of Yahweh God. Peace. You're going to fascinate us with your love. You're going to fascinate us with your love. You're going to fascinate us with your love. As we prepare our hearts for communion, Robin and I, we really want to make ourselves available to you. Uh, we want you to reach out to us. We met with our team this week and we're like, hey, let's just get in touch with everybody we can. And I've been calling as many people as I can. And uh, especially on my prayer walk, I've just been, you know, asking God to put people on my heart and I, I call and text. and. We want you to know that we're engaging every day, even though we don't see you, that our hearts, our prayers are, are out to you. As we get ready for communion, 
It's the power of the body of Christ. It's the power of us coming together to believe what the Lord has for us. And what he can do as Olivia was singing, that fascination of Jesus Christ, his love in the moment of what he can do. You know, in Mark chapter 15, chapter 14, which is the death of Jesus, it's the betrayal of Jesus, it's the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. In a middle of chaos where everything is ensuing, I want you to know it's going to be okay. I want you to know it's going to be okay, not because I have some inside information, but I know whom I believe and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep us even in the middle of this moment. I want you to grab your communion elements. We're going to bless them. We're going to take communion together. Robin and I will be praying for you all week long. We want to remind you, uh, tune in to the Bible reading videos. Follow along. Mark chapter 15 this week. Follow along. And then I just want to say this as we get ready to take communion from Robin's heart and my heart. We're so thankful for your passion to be givers. Uh, I've just been blown away at your kindness, your generosity. People have been coming by in the week to give. You've been giving online, and we don't take that lightly. I just want to say thank you so much. It's a blessing. And I want to take this moment now and believe that as we take communion, here's what's going to happen. The Holy Spirit is going to speak to you. The Holy Spirit is going to bring you peace. For all the pregnant moms, expecting couples, I'm believing for a great week and months ahead for you. For all the young adult couples who may be discouraged, as Robin said, we're believing that it's going to be your best weeks and months ahead. Why? Because of Jesus Christ. For those of you that have been struggling with your negativity in your mouth and you've just been speaking death, we are believing it's going to be your best weeks and months ahead. We're putting our faith with you because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Let's take the communion in our hand, if you will, if you'll get your bread ready. And let's pray over it. Father, we thank you for this moment of time. We thank you for another gathering that we can just let our worship be our warfare. We thank you for speaking to us. And now God is a family of believers. We're doing this together in faith. We're standing for all these young couples, God, all these new babies to be born. Let this communion of ours be part of our faith for their faith. They will lack nothing. They will lack nothing. For all the young couples raising children, Father, we're putting our faith together with them in this moment. They too will lack nothing. And God, in this moment of communion, Robin and I right now put our faith with our entire body that we will lack nothing. Our homes, our emotions, our finances, every part of our being will be touched by you because of the life of Jesus Christ. Lord, we hold the bread in our hand now. We believe that this bread is the body of Jesus Christ broken for us. This blood, the juice, represents His blood shed for our sins. I want to lead you in a prayer before we take this. Would you pray this after me? Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I ask you to come into my life and change me. Send your Holy Spirit to reverse the curse of my life and give me your blessing in Jesus' precious name. Let's take a communion together. Robin and I love you so much. We're thankful for you. We're thankful to do life with you. Hey, 
I know this, I'm thankful for all the phone calls we get. I'm thankful for the text messages that you send us to encourage us, the drop-bys that come by the church to say hello. Uh, we really appreciate that as well. And we're trying to do the same to let you know we love you. If you need specific prayer for anything, there's a prayer link and you can fill that out. Hey, call the office. Many of you have our cell phone numbers. Just reach out to us. You don't bother us. We're here for you in a time like this. We want to lead you and encourage you in your faith. And like I said before, you know, I've been doing this long enough to know that sometimes you may think, my problem, I feel rather stupid about it. Insignificant it is. I don't want to bother them. And Robin and I'll tell you this, you won't ever bother us. We would love to pray for you about any need, no matter how big or how small it is, to put our faith with you. I'm going to ask Robin just to bless you in a prayer. I want you to get into the Word of God, Mark 15, all week long. We're going to, we're, you know, we're praying about what to do for Easter, but I know it's going to be good, and we'll keep you updated on all of our social media sites. And then at the end of Robin's prayer, I'm just going to ask Michael and Olivia to continue to worship a moment. If you want to stay engaged with them and just worship and let the atmosphere just permeate your home, you feel free to do so. Until we see you next week, I love you, Robin loves you, and we bless you. Yeah, and hey, I have one more thing. Like we said in the beginning, this is the first time we've done this uh, prophetically sitting on a couch together. So I just saw a couple of people who um, who felt like that this break was was almost what you exactly what you needed to accomplish what God has specifically put on your heart to do. Maybe you've been bombarded before with um, too much time at work, too much time on athletic fields, too much time taken, and God has given you a month's worth, six weeks worth of time um, for you to fulfill that little longing in your heart that He has placed there. So I know He's got some things brewing in my heart, and I, I just felt like there were some of you who this is a prime opportunity for you to take Amen. advantage of this time Amen. with you and Jesus. So for you, my faith is with you. My heart is with you. You go do it. You step out. If this is your step out time, you step out and you do what it is that God has put on your heart to do. Um, and when May and June gets here, I will be excited with you to see what Amen. it is that, that you've That's got good. brewing. So, all right, let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this, this day. God, we thank you for this breath that we can breathe that you have graced us with. God, we thank you for placing us here on this planet, God, and allowing your son to live and have his way in us. I thank you, Father God, that we live, we move, and that we have our being, Father, according to you. I, I decree this week, Father, that we would be a people whose minds are steadfast on you. God, a people who, who resort to knowing you and seeking you and doing your will in this planet. I pray, Father God, that you keep us all safe this week. I thank you that you give us all good thoughts, good dreams, good um, opportunities for you. Lord, we just decree life in our house, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We love you. Bless you. Thank you so much for joining us on the Believer's Church podcast. If you would like more information about Believer's Church, you can visit mybelieverschurch.com. If there's anything that you need prayer for, please email us at amen at mybelieverschurch.com. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next week for a brand new message. 